I do not know what strength is in my blood, but I swear to you, I will not let the White City fall, nor our people fail. Our people. Our people. I would have followed you, my brother. My captain. My king. Welcome to Podcast of the Rings, and that little ditty is the final I'm tearing words. up right now. I know, I have, <laughs> my whole body is ablaze in, what is with this, this, this work? Lord of the Rings is a little too much. That's the final words of Aragorn yeah, to Boromir. let's do like an office podcast or something like that. <laughs> you know, there was a world where I was going to take Scott Rubin through uh, community because he had never watched it. And oh, that's good. It's a that's good, good idea, but like, yes, I, I, there, there's a million community podcasts. That then there's a million Lord of the Rings co- podcasts, but not uh, not any podcast offers tangents like we do. Ben. It's very true. Uh, I, and, <laughs> and that's the thing. I feel like, and this is no shade to any podcast, but like, there's only so many tangents you could take, like with community like community will kind of guide you to those tangents because that's kind of writing dan Harmon does sure. is like leading you to those tangents but like come on who would have ever gotten to what kind of car is aomer and who's magic and who's jordan uh and who's uh larry, larry bird, bird. <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen it's, it's not gonna happen although my friends over at uh, have a podcast at max fun called The Greatest Generation, which is confusing, but it's a Star Trek podcast. Oh, nice. And uh, it's actually Adam and uh, the other host is Ben. Um, And they have a knack for tangentializing, but within the world, too. I think right now what you and I are doing... um, are finding what our bits are, are finding, yeah. are finding our, I think our footing, this was a really smart call on your idea, on your part to, let's just talk about the, the fellowship people, because we had you on the show prior to you being a permanent host to talk about shows. And like, I already kind of got your vibe. Like I knew where you were on the whole Lord of the Rings thing. You begged to be on the show. It was uncomfortable. I did. Yeah. But <laughs> I showed up at your door. <laughs> I got like, Chocolate-covered ki- strawberries. I kidnapped Alex, you know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's why I had to go to Chicago. You don't know my address now. Yeah. So, but it's been really exciting to see how much we align on the things and how similarly we could talk about it. But also you've helped expand my um, understanding, appreciation for these characters in a, in a different way. No, oh, I thank you. I appreciate that. It's been really fun to see your perspective from it too. Like, I don't want to say like a newcomer, but like someone who's been recently introduced to like the greater universe of it. Like, I don't think anyone's a newcomer. These are the most popular movies like on the planet, basically. Right. And uh, yes, but I would say like I was the reason why it worked for Alex and I to do the Rings of Power lead up was his deep knowledge of the Silmarillion and my deep (laughs) fear of it. Or, or, uh, you know, there was like an overwhelm. Like I I was given, have like the unfinished, uh, the unfinished tales of Tolkien. And I was given the Silmarillion by my dad. And I remember like cracking it up and I went, Nope. (laughs) It's, it's heavy. It's it like as it's almost like as big of a jump from Hobbit to Lord of the Rings. There's almost that from Lord of the Rings to the Silmarillion because like there's not a lot of time. It's just a bunch of short stories. So they're just like, oh, okay, th- now there's this. Oh, oh, okay, now there's this. And it's not like, you know, Black Mirror or like Love, Death and Robots where it's very easily accessible. They're like, no. Yeah. We're going to start, like, we're not going to give too much backstory, but we're going to give all the backstory at the same time. Like, I've only read it once, honestly. I need to re-familiarize myself. I said I was going to do it before Rings of Power, and I didn't. Uh, but maybe I'll, I'll try and do it before season two. Oh. Even though it doesn't seem like I, I need to. Well, they doesn't. It, it actually, they legally don't they legally have the can't. rights to yeah. it. Um, but but that's why it's like frustrating. People are like, this isn't grounded in lore. Well, but they also do have the appendices, which has a lot of reference to the Silmarillion in it. 
But I actually, if, if my advertisements on Instagram are correct, Andy Circus has narrated the Silmarillion. I know he narrated The Hobbit because I used to go to bed with my tablet Oof. with him serenading me every night. Like, uh, that man's voice. Insane. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, I didn't know he did The Silmarillion, though. I knew he'd done The Hobbit. And maybe I think it's Lord a newer, of the Rings. Yeah, I think it might it's be... a newer thing. I, yeah. I, I, I definitely, the... like, do my drive to work with Andy Serkis narrating that. That'd be great. Because he's going to give you... The nuance too, right? Yes. Like he's gonna be like we tried on our way back from Star Trek Las Vegas. Scott and I put on the Silmarillion that I had from a different narrator, and Scott was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> no, it it matters. It yeah. really matters. Like I'm not a huge book on tape person, but just as like a like a, I'm not a huge podcast person either. But just like I've tried to listen to podcasts, and it's like, oh. It's and it's not like they might be putting out the greatest content, but if you don't like the cadence of their voice, their vocal patterns, like it's just this primal thing. They're like, mm, I don't like this. Like it's yeah. messing with my brain waves. I can't do it. There was a um, speaking of like I was getting into books and I downloaded on a whim a, a novel like a, a dystopian novel called Jennifer Government, where you got the surname of your job. Wait, the book is called Jennifer Government? Jennifer Government. She works for the government. So. And her name is Jennifer? Uh, exactly. Is her government name Jennifer Government? Yes. Okay. Got so, it. So, like, if you worked for Nike, you'd be Ben Nike, essentially. Got, okay. Got it. Okay. It was, the story was interesting. There was a murder mystery. It was obviously dystopian because it was like a commentary on corporations. But it was a dude narrating it. And that's I what, couldn't what. get over it. And it was from her perspective. Like. Oh, it was like first person. Yes. What? Or or if it wasn't, it was still. And Jennifer. Da, 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 da. It's still kind of. I don't like, like it's one thing doing the Harry Potter, you know, Stephen Fry doing all the voices. This guy was. It, it just was really bothersome that it was from a female's perspective. Even if it's And that's in like person. Harry Potter is like third person, but it's not third person omniscient. It's still third person basically from harry's perspective if i remember correctly like it is you don't know things pretty much until ha harry does yeah things. like you harry is the audience conduit as he gets introduced to the wizarding world right 100 so, yeah. oh that I'll that's never strange forget. Like, i wouldn't want like hunger games to be narrated by a dude like a, i don't know if i i only read hunger games once but like if it's not narrated by a woman like because Katniss is the main character I'd I'd want that like it, it would Sorry if it you guys hear any would... noises my cat has the biggest case of zoomies right now Oh that's okay we could forgive cat zoomies Okay uh, it just adds context So today is the most I think I think one of the more daunting people to talk about Yes we saved like quote the unquote the big the big two for the end and we want to wait uh for alex to do samwise gamgee so today we are doing uh the king of kings uh <coughs> aragorn adunadain adunadain doesn't that just literally mean the king of the kings or the what is no it's is it the bloodline adunadain yeah what does that mean yeah uh i just know that like he i think um uh arwen calls him that Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I got a bunch of of history uh, from him from pre War. Dunedain is Sindarian, the language of the elves of Beleriand. Edain, Edain is the name they give to men when they first encountered them, oh, and okay. Dune means West. Aha, there it is. I just knew I didn't want to be too ignorant. Uh, men of the West. He's a man of the West. Numenorian, essentially. It's very fair. Probably. He is. There we go. We got there. Now, first things first, mm. do you know who Stuart Townsend is? Uh, uh, no. Have you seen um, Queen of the Damned? No, I'm actually one of the most, no, wait, no, no, I have not seen. Is that the Aaliyah one? Yeah, Aaliyah Vampire Movie. Aaliyah? Oh, God, no, I haven't. Okay, so that's like his big thing. Like, Google him right now. And uh, yeah, I got, a view, I got a view of him. So he was cast and on the set of of Lord of the Rings. Like he was 
Aragorn. Aragorn. Like, this isn't like a, oh, like he dropped out. No, like he, him and Peter Jackson were on set together. And rumor is, is that he didn't want to do any sword training. Like, it was just like a bad match. Like, he just didn't want to be there for some reason. And so at the borderline last minute, he was fired and Viggo Mortensen came in. Holy moly cannoli. When did the first Lord of the Rings movie come out? 2001. Okay, so that's wild. Did this, like, ruin his career? <laughs> I, it felt like, I don't know if it ruined it, but it definitely halted it because, I mean, you saw what happened to Viggo Mortensen, who was, like, a solid character actor before this. Uh, you know, his big one, I think, was G.I. Jane. Um, and then, you know. Oh, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, like he's like the the evil drill sergeant. I remember watching G.I. Jane after this. And I was like, no, Aragorn. Like, it's, <laughs> no, why are there, you doing this? There's some tough moments in G.I. Jane that Viggo Mortensen take, uh, takes part in. Um, but, uh, you know, after this, like he obviously did like the, the Disney movie, like Hidalgo. And then like then after like he got like his paycheck movies, he was like, OK, I'm back to doing weird character actor stuff like Eastern Promises and History of Violence and more David Cronenberg wow. things and stuff like that. Um, but this is crazy. This is this and do gray Scott being cast as Logan as Wolverine. And the only reason we don't have do gray Scott Wolverine is because he was on mission impossible Two, and the shoot went long and he couldn't get out of it. What? Yes. Like, the, there, there's so many like you know, and w Michael J. Fox wasn't supposed to be Marty McFly. It was like we talked about that one. Yeah, um, I think so. But just like it, like that one, the Stuart Townsend of it all, with how iconic Viggo Mortensen plays this role. Like, honestly, he just seems too young. Stuart Townsend just seems too young to to play Aragorn. Like, uh, or it's just the it's like a baby face. Is what oh yeah, yeah. He's at. like that's what I mean. Like, he's I think he's got more of an elven thing going on. Yeah, you know and what like I mean? like that, that conversation, like where she's like, "You cannot be 80. He's like, "I'm eighty-seven. I'd never believe Stuart Townsend is eighty-seven ever. Oh my god. I was like, wait, he's not. He's 50. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we need a sound for every time I lose the thread and then have to come back. I love um, it. But, no, you wouldn't believe that for a second. Although, I could see him as an 87-year-old vampire. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's he's different. He's got that gothic look to him. And I could see, I, well, because like Queen of the Damned, as I was looking at it, came out in 2000. Two. So obviously he would have been working on Lord of the Rings before 2000. So because that was like a three year long. Yeah. So so maybe that was like his I thought I thought Queen of the Dam was earlier, but I guess because no, he must because you record that you, you do you shoot that Queen of the Dam movie in 2000 earliest yeah this is so he did Queen of the Dam like after he left Lord of the Rings because I could kind of see him and his long hair going oh i could see eric i could see him in lord of the rings yeah. but but it is interesting that it precedes that i am so with you that i don't see him fitting in like our history would be different it the would the success of the movie might not have changed but i can't imagine he would have been that great and gr granted you're an actor you're gonna figure it out i don't know if you've ever heard um christian bale is on record as saying all movie options go to Leo first, and then yeah. I get like the second draft, essentially. Yeah. So like, there's movies out there that Leo says yes to that Christian Bale doesn't even have a shot at. So you just do what you can do. I'm sure it's like the same thing's true for Scarlet, and you know. Oh yeah, you know, like who would be after Christian Bale? You think like Tom Hardy or something like that? There was that? another like guy that he said um, in that same breath. Was which... it Joaquin Phoenix? No, because I, I, I remember. Think Joaquin Phoenix is as big of a bill pull yet. I think no, I don't know about Bill Pool, but I, do, I feel like on his Oscar run, like he he thanked Leo for being like, thank you for taking so many parts away from me or like passing on a few scripts that I got or something like that. Like, I'm sure there's a Leo's tier, just yeah. that guy. 
you hire Leo and you got a hit. You just do. So you he could do whatever the hell he wants, including screw 23-year-olds. So 25. Oh, okay. no, that's when, he, that's when he throws them away. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the sell-by date. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's listen, they're mostly adults at that age. So I think I've shared this before, but it's important to reiterate on the Aragorn episode. That Aragorn was my father's favorite character, probably. Um, and my, the love of Lord of the Rings was passed on to me from my dad. Mm. He still goes on record to this day that Viggo Mortensen was too pretty to play Aragorn. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Which I wholeheartedly disagree with him. And you know how like you hold on to the opinions that you're given to by your parents. And if this came out in, you know, 2000, 2001, whatever, I'm 14 max. And so I'm like, yeah, Aragorn's, Viggo Mortensen's not good for this role. You know, I can imagine telling that to people, just regurgitating what my father believed. He's so wrong. He's so wrong. Because there is the perfect amount of rugged, of kind, and gentle. Yeah, his smile works so well. Like, but he—you look, you believe, and I can understand to the smallest degree where my father's coming from. In that, you know, Aragorn shirks this responsibility. Also, didn't really have a conduit to accept being the king of men, essentially, and also wasn't going to usurp. Denethor, like that's not like what he was like gonna do. Like he just—I got some Denethor facts for you, by the way. Ooh, let's go. So, long story short, he was out in the sun, living the hard life for years. So, years. Years. That man, I doubt, bathed. So when they're seeing him as Strider at the pony, they're like, they're seeing a very rugged, scary person. So I can yes. imagine. What my father is saying, maybe in that moment, he looks a little too inviting and, and looks a little like, too clean. Did he want like Danny Trejo playing him? Like <laughs> one of the scariest looking people on the planet? Like when I saw Danny Trejo and from Dust Till Dawn and he like takes off his vest and he's like ripped and he's got that huge chest tattoo. I was like, that's a terrifying person right there. Like, I don't know if he was fresh out of San Quentin at that point, but he was pretty close to it. And sure. The the stuff that man has done for his community ever since that, like he has paid it forward and paid it back like a hundred times over. Oh, he is someone but, who knew how to. He made the best of his situation. Yes, and flourished. But you cannot deny that in the nineties he was one of the scariest <laughs> looking people ever. Well, and you're not. It, that's a good point though to bring up in the nineties. You're not accustomed to a non Antonio Banderas Latino being a lead in a movie. Yeah. So there was uh, like a GQ interview with Hassan Minaj, who was saying, um, do you think you're more attractive than someone like Dak Shepard? I don't know why Dak Shepard was thrown under the bus here, but it was something like maybe Dak Shepard had said, um, oh, he's a handsome man or something like that. So I guess they were like retorting to, you know, remember, it's, is it GQ or Vogue where they have the lie detector test on you? I never know. Like all those, all it's those. It's one like, of those magazines. Ask, yeah. Long story short, you know, he's being asked to answer honestly. And he goes, of course I'm more attractive than Dex Shepard because if you're white, you don't have to be the extreme attractive version of your race in order to be successful. And if you're not white, then you have to be the extreme attractive version of your race in order to be successful. And I thought that was really eye-opening. So that's to the point of how even more jarring it is to see a man like Danny Trejo on TV. Yeah. And he, like, his IMDb is insane. Like, he has, I think, like, 300-plus credits or something like that. Because I, anyway, I don't think, like, he ever turns anything down in a good way. Like, Hassan Minaj could be Aragorn. No. He's too pretty. <laughs> he's you an elf. You, you, yeah, he's definitely an elf, for sure. I've seen that hair. He is an elf. And he wouldn't want to be Aragorn. He would want to be an elf, too. <laughs> like, Well, and I guess I, I just thought it was really strange for my father to think of Vigo as like a pretty boy. You know, it's not like they're hiring, you know, one of the Backstreet Boys to do. Yeah, Aragorn. like I'm wondering. Uh, so 90s, who would he want? Like Gene Hackman or something like that? Like, 
Gene Hackman's too old. Too old. I'm trying to think of like late 90s. Like Robert Downey Jr.'s too young at that point. Like you need another eight years before Iron Man, and even then, like he's too but he's still looking. too pretty. He's yeah. Still... And so, like, I do understand the sentiment that you know. He, again, actor, you can cast somebody on stage, and you can age them down, age them up, make them look whatever. Like I, I played King Lear when I was in high school. You're supposed to be an actor that can act and do whatever role. But when it comes to film, it doesn't really behoove you to cast counterintuitively. And some people's faces lend themselves towards casting better than others. Um, meaning, <laughs> am, I, am I being really shallow right now? No, no, no. I, I understand. I'm just looking up like, but that's the thing is I'm looking up all the like these 90s actors like Nick Cage. Uh, no. Like George Weird Clooney, looking. too pretty. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, too pretty. Brad Pitt, way too pretty. Mm -hmm. Tom Hanks, like I don't think he could do it. He'd be a joke at that yeah. point. Yeah. So it's like I'm trying to think, and I know, like you know, we're not gonna. It's gonna be tough to like find character actors from the '90s like that. Well, were, I like, think that's just it. Is G.I. Jane being his one major role? It's still obscure enough that Viggo Mortensen hits the scene by doing Lord of the Rings. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Yeah, all these people kind of hit the scene, like outside of maybe like Sean Bean and... And Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, yeah. I, I, I guess you have um, Elrond and I guess even this kind of <coughs> Kate Blanchett's sort of first thing too because she's relatively young and we don't really know who she is. Ray Liotta. As Aragorn. No, good night. Can you can you imagine that insane <laughs> cokehead Goodfellas energy being brought to Aragorn? No, you know Ray Liotta would have made a great Boromir. Him going after Frodo and the ring right there. Oh my god. Oh my god, he is on a coke fueled tangent. Yes, he you is. know what? When you, so, folks, you can't see. We don't do the a, a video podcast, but Ben just looks straight to the camera, and you do have a Ray Liotta thing. You actually do. You are son of Ray. Yeah, <laughs> you really you got that whole thing. You're uh, what's your Ray Fines? Ray Fines? I could see him as er like two thousands. Ray Fines? He's a little too. I think he's elf also. Or he's definitely he's definitely now. I think he'd be the perfect Elrond. But I think in yes. the nineties, like late, granted, and you know what? You he know could what? have used this after Schindler's List. He could have used this positive actor PR. But instead, he chose to be Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> you have a thing out for Voldemort right now. Who did you say on your TikTok? Should, did you do this recently? Was it you who said that someone else should have been cast as Voldemort? I don't think uh, so. Someone just did some like someone else should have been Voldemort, and uh, I I just can't n not see Ray Fiennes as Voldemort. I think he's fantastic for it. Gary Oldman. Oh man. Oh. Oh no! No, here's the thing: he wouldn't work as Daniel Aragorn. Day Lewis. After I, okay, I could see DDL doing it. I would. I don't know if he would. He would chew up scenery, man. He would just do. He would be doing. He would have lived in the it. wilderness for thirty years before he got like. He, he would have done this. Man. He cobbles shoes right now, like. But here's the thing: he would draw too much attention. And yeah, Vigo, like it would be Daniel Day Lewis in Lord of the Rings, one hundred percent. And Vigo did the damn thing. He yes. showed up and lived that role. Didn't just like Aragorn supported the cast, brought the best out of them, brought the best out of himself, and and doesn't stick out as Vigo Mortensen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the thing is that now we recognize Orlando Bloom, Elijah Wood. Like, honestly, Sean Austin was probably, like, the biggest actor of the of the fellowship with, with Rudy and, like, all of his child acting things. You're like, actually 100% right. I mean, Elijah was right there because he, he had a huge child Elijah acting career. Elijah didn't have Rudy. Elijah did not have no, Rudy. No, you're totally right. I, You know what? I might have been the age, though, where Elijah 
was a big deal for me. So like it pulls in both generations also, you know. See, I admit like everyone says that I, and I like I, we're the same age, but I didn't like Elijah never pulled me out of it or anything. Like I recognize. Oh, he didn't pull me out of it. He pulled yeah. me into it. Like okay. I knew him. Go- he was probably one of the few people I knew going into it is my point. Yeah. So like for our generation, if if Ian McKellen grabs you or Sean Bean or something like that. Yeah, um, I knew Sean Bean from Goldeneye. Oh, wow. That, that's like my favorite Bond movie. And, you know, obviously my favorite video game at the I time. I mean, everyone's. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that, he got me. And I'm sure he got, like, all the boys my age. Like, oh, that's the bad guy from James Bond. <laughs> He's going to be, like, and that, that was such perfect casting because, like, he had just been a bad guy. So, like, it gives you that subtle hint that something's off. Of, like, something's going to happen with this guy. I love that. And, I love like, that. granted, we went, you know, when you get more into the character of Boromir, you understand everything. But, like, for a simple... All right, for half a movie, we need you to get like that. There's something off with this guy, and he's going to blow up at the end of it, but you're still going to like him. Perfect casting. Oh, wow. Amazing. I love that. So we have we done a good job of talking about Aragorn so far? <laughs> we, I mean, it, you, can't, you can't deny the fact, like just the casting stuff, where we got this perfect actor for it. And I feel like we, we've talked a, a lot about The Fellowship, obviously, but just – the fact that they got these, I don't want to say no name, but like just the perfect people. And it's its one thing you can always say that in hindsight, you know, it's, you know, comic book casting is always like so like the, the thing uh, we're like, oh, they're, they're perfect for this role. Like, oh, everyone hated Heath Ledger. And then they saw his performance and it was so good. Um, but it's just you need nine people to never stand out, to never steal a scene to never like be like, oh yeah, I know that guy from you never be Daniel Day Lewis. Like, and they found everybody, everybody. Like these movies would live or die because there's so much writing on it. Yeah, yes, everyone, people know Lord of the Rings, but it wasn't a guaranteed hit. Like they No, bank- by no stretch of the imagination. Almost bankrupted New Line almost bankrupted themselves funding wow. these movies. And so it would have like done so much irreparable damage as Peter Jackson's like, I need three years to film all of these back to back to back to back. And we're going to hand make every single piece of armor. I'm going to need 300 extras on horses. I'm going to need 300 extras in orc makeup. I'm going to need like hand built sets. I'm going to take New Zealand and I'm going to build an entire Hobbiton. Out of and, it. and I'm going to trash it. Yeah. <laughs> And so you're just going to have to trust me. Spared, like, went full John Hammond, spared no expense. And it worked. And it's just, it is truly insane how many times people have tried to replicate this. And, like, guaranteed a trilogy. Everyone wants a trilogy. And it just does not happen. I think you're so right to point out that the casting really solidifies the success of the films overall. Um, Because, you know, you can't deny to being on location for basically three years, uh, making a family out of that group too, which is why you get like McKellen freaking out when he has to act with 13 dwarves on a green screen instead of, you know, in person. Exactly. But he's sitting on a box or something like that. Yeah. He flipped out. I would too, especially after the experience he already had. The, the thing that I think people overlook with, you know, a lot of, a lot of really bad takes came out with Rings of Power, but they did the same exact thing. They found good actors mm-hmm. that hadn't been cast on major films or roles yet that fit, fit the role, that do that doing a good that are doing a good job. I believe so. I just think like a lot of people criticize you have you spent nearly a billion dollars and you didn't get a named actor. Yeah. Cause you shouldn't have to have a named actor if they're gonna do the right thing. Um so let's get a quick rundown of some Aragorn history. You did some research for us. Yes. Okay. So Aragorn's Arathorn's uh, marriage mm. to uh, Gilrain was originally scorned. Did not want uh, his father. Did not want it to happen. But Arathorn's mother foretold that their offspring would bring hope to their people. Hold on. Hold on. Who are we talking about? Who's Arathorn? His, Aragorn's dad. And his marriage to Aragorn's mother? Was originally scorned. By who? His dad. 
So he didn't want his mom. Arathorn's dad. I did understand. Not want Arathorn to we get married need, to Gilrain. Got it. I'm sure yeah. it's my problem, but I just needed to get. Okay, got it. They're like, no, this. She's from the wrong side of the tracks. Yes. She's got mud blood. Got it. But then who word. said? I know. I'm don't, sorry. Don't say that. I'm so so racist. So who said that it was going to bring hope to the people? Arathorn's mother. Ah. Okay. Yes. And Aragorn's uh, Arathorn died while on adventures with Elrond's sons. Uh, <gasps> Not mysteriously. No, he was shot through the <laughs> eye with an arrow by an orc. Okay, all right. Yes, Elrond would raise Aragorn as a son and hid his identity and named him Estelle. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. They named He's him a golden Estelle. girl. He is. <laughs> uh, you know what Estelle is? It is the Elvis word for hope. Uh, oh, okay, Elrond. Sneaky right? Elrond. He went on many adventures with the sons of Elrond, uh, and Elrond presented him with the shards of Narsil and the ring of Barahir uh, at 20 years old. Hmm. After, the day after he receives the shards of Narsil, he meets Arwen. How, so Arwen was living, correct me if I'm wrong, with Galadriel at the yes, time. Yes, she was living with uh, her grandmother, I believe, Galadriel Which is Galadriel. Is. Yeah, yeah, Galadriel yeah, 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 yeah. And Lorien, and she came back to Rivendell. Um, the song Aragorn was singing, uh, we hear it in the Fellowship, the Baron mm. and Luthien song. Mm. Uh, he called out to Nuviel, as Baron did Luthien. Uh, and both Gilrain and El Gilrain, his mother, and mm -hmm. Elrond, his adopted father, Gilrain opposed the uh, the love more than like Elrond did. She didn't believe that men and, and elves uh, should wed or be in love because of like the ties of immortality and stuff like that. Elrond didn't oppose it per se, but he did say there's a doom over you, Aragorn. Right, like you need right. there is something you need to do, and maybe you shouldn't be distracted with my daughter. Um and uh, so the next they played day, that up. they played that up in the movies. I, I like that, though. I like that conflict that mm -hmm. that because they play it up in a way that, like, doesn't make Elrond look bad because even he Aragorn, looks like a dad, he looks like a dad. And even Aragorn's like, I don't know, man, like, should we? I don't want to kill basically kill you. Right. With our love. Like, I don't want you to have to sacrifice your immortality for our marriage. So uh, I feel like they play that really perfectly. And I've said this before. Next time you watch Return of the King at the coronation, she's holding the banner that they allude to in the books that no one saw before his coronation and wouldn't have seen if, you know, it hadn't come to, pay, come to be. Um, the look Elrond gives is the most, Dad, I'm losing my daughter. Aww ever it's so good people go look that up youtube it it's amazing um uh call to nuviel i will say this i'm disappointed in Ghislaine, or however you say your name for having been a part of a marriage that was forbade and then forbidding her son one do you know what i yeah. mean like yep. girl you've been through this right you didn't learn anything nothing i'm mad yeah, uh, Elrond said he would either rise above all of his predecessors or the world of men would fall. Whoa. Aragorn, uh, then after that, he's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this. And he goes off into the wilderness That's to become part elven. of the Dunedain. Uh, yeah, because he's a pretty elvish thing to say, too. It's like, I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm telling you there are two ways about yes, this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is where we hear about that he fought wars with uh, Thangle, Theoden's dad. Mm. He he became a steward under Ecthelion, which is Denethor's dad. And that's where the jealousy of Denethor from Aragorn begins. Oh my god. Yes, it goes that deep. Hold on. This is very many layers. There are layers here. Here's the, here's what I'm realizing. Aragorn's like, cool, I'll be your steward. When in fact, that man was a steward to Aragorn's throne. Yes. Holy moly. Layers, cannoli. dude. Layers. And the fact that 
Denethor became jealous because he felt like Ecthelion was like preferring favoring him. Yeah, <gasps> favoring him. Which then he does to his own sons. Stop. It's therapy. They need therapy. Everybody needs therapy. Big there brain. could be like there needs to be a Mithrandir, like a gray pilgrim as a therapist, just wandering around giving therapy to everybody. I and mean, maybe that's why Denethor doesn't like uh, Gandalf, though. Yes. Because he's like, I'm not going to take your crap, Denethor. I don't Holy... need this wizardry of talking about your feelings, okay? <laughs> Go kill some orcs. So wait, Denethor, though, we've talked about this before when we did our episode on Faramir and Boromir has some prescience, right? He's able to see some things. Did Denethor not know that Aragorn was... I guess I, not. He had to have known something. He, like, maybe... Because he didn't have the Palantir yet, but he, he had to have known Where something. Did, how did Denethor get the Palantir if he didn't have it yet? I mean, Ecthelion might have had it, but I don't think, it, like... Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Frick. Interesting. Oh, my God. It's so... It's like crazy, right? It's so crazy, dude. Like it's there's so it it's <laughs> this is way too much information, but my grandmother treated my mother like the black sheep and loved her older her younger sister and my grandmother was the black sheep and her mom loved the blonde-haired so like it's it's layers, dude. You just repeat the past. You just yeah. do. It's uh, it's inevitable. Truly whoa, whoa. I actually saw a great meme where it was uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien leaves thousands of pages um, unorganized and unfinished. And it's a picture of Faramir and captioned as Christopher Tolkien, a chance to prove to my father my worth. <laughs> <laughs> a chance to prove my quality. Yeah, exactly. Um, wow. Wow. But again, this is something we talked about, too. The success of these stories are the human quality, right? The relatability, those yeah. things. There's there's motivation behind uh, what the men are fighting for. Fascinating. All right, what next? Uh, er, like in the movie, we see, or in the extended edition, we see Aragorn like kind of brushing off his mother's like tombstone or like you know her funeral figure that's that's there. Uh, and they, him and Elrond talk about like, oh, she never wanted you to like have this life. And like, it's very different. Like Aragorn's mother is alive this whole time. Uh, she's Whoa. just like not living with him. And, uh, right before the war of the ring, her health is fading. So Aragorn comes out of the wilds and sees her one last time. And we have this line in the movie where she says, I give all my hope, uh, to the, to you and keep none for myself. And that's what um, Elrond and Aragorn kind of have that exchange when he gives him Narsil uh, or Anduril mm -hmm. in Return of the King. They say that line to each other, so that's like wow. a it's a nice little nod to the to the book. But it is it is like strange. I know like he just like is living out in the wild and doing his own thing and going on Sons of Elrond adventures and going to war. Like the the fact that. Aragorn has such like this in insane impact before the War of the Ring, right? That it kind of just goes unnoticed, where he's just kind of like, he's Batman. There, yeah. There's this scene in in Avengers, in the first Avengers movie, and it's a really cool like I don't know if it's a one take, but it's like Iron Man just flying around the city. He like lands, fights with Captain America and Black Widow, and you know the the famous like laser beam off the shield and he goes up a building and kills a bunch of dudes and then he mm -hmm. flies past hawkeye and kills a bunch of guys and it's like and then he goes and fights with thor it's like that like that's mm. that's aragorn he's just like helping everybody all around middle earth as he travels and then he meets gandalf and they become friends and that's when he's like okay you need to go find Gollum because i think bilbo's got the one ring and i need to confirm it with this little devil creature so he hadn't met uh, Gandalf before that? Because Gandalf I... is Mithrandir, friend of the elves. I mean, granted, Gandalf only tends to go, and I, it's okay if you don't have the answer, information, but I, I, I'd be interesting. I didn't write the years down. I think he met Gandalf earlier, but like. I would he... imagine because Gandalf yeah. travels around, but yeah. only also goes where he's needed, too. So it's interesting. Huh. If you can't tell, Jess is doing a. 
chin scratching. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, mm. I'm actually literally Steve Jobbings right now. You are. Yes. She is. Yes. I just need to get her a black turtleneck and it'll be perfect. <laughs> um, so Aragorn captures Gollum uh, around the dead marshes, mm-hmm. takes him through Emin Wheel, travels 900 miles on foot with the rascalist scormiest little creature Whoa. avoiding all, all detection and gets him uh to Mirkwood and leaves him with Thranduil. Wow. Yeah. Like that like the next level. Competency of Aragorn cannot be understated. Like this dude did everything. And that is amazing. Yeah. Uh Elisar was a name given to him by Arwen. He died when he was 210 years old and ruled for 122 years. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that you are born? King Aragorn, oh, all hail the king. You were on your deathbed at 95 years old. And you're like, so the same king? What the hell? (laughs) This guy got the Tom Brady avocado diet? What is this guy doing? At a certain point, too, you didn't live through what happened at the Black Gate. And you don't know why he's the king. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, okay, and? Like, Sauron who? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, so? Like, I heard the Black Gate was really over overstated. Like, He's I heard, really old, you guys. <laughs> I've heard the Siege of Minas Tirith wasn't even that bad, it Grandpa. It wasn't real. Like, get over it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, not everybody that he is king of has Numenorean blood. Do you know what like, I mean? Like, do you think all the, the veterans of... of the War of the Ring are going around with like their their veteran hats and being like, you guys weren't even there, man. Yes, yes, it's those dudes with the like feather caps on their helmets, like all the extra feathering that they yeah, have. Yeah, that's true. They and they go to guild meetings and and Aragorn shows up and spry like a spring chicken, and all these dudes are like Aragorn, and like yeah. a, a tooth falls out, you know. But 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 we hate the they're they are the boomers. <laughs> Aragorn's are- a boomer. But Damn. we don't say that negatively in this in this. I context. do not mean it negatively. No. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm just saying of of uh, in terms of generation gap is all. Yeah, just but the just, age, like, just can to give you, it. Can you imagine that hmm. you survived Minas Tirith, and then a day later, two days later, maybe, Max. They're like, hey, we're marching to, to the Black Gate. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, that's why, like, I have, will never, it's like beyond my comprehension what the veterans of World War II did. Like, truly, like, I watch Band of Brothers, right. like, every few years. And I know it's a show, but it's like, I take it as gospel. But just, like, the fact that they landed or, like, they either parachuted into France or they stormed the beaches of Normandy, and then they like kept going. Yeah, like yes. dude, it's insane how organized and well oiled the German army was. That obviously they conquered all of Europe and almost got through Russia, and then were just a bunch of Joes that were like, oh yeah, I guess we'll get drafted and train with literal tree branches because we hadn't made enough guns yet. Oh my god. And then we're gonna drop into Normandy and we're just gonna steamroll everybody and the war's gonna be over in two years. Like insane. Truly okay, well, insane. I mean, it, you're not wrong. And there was so much death because of it. And that's oh, yeah. really there's two things at play, which is numbers and war fatigue, which we hadn't experienced yet. No. Nope. So like we were so raw raw about everything. Well, because we kept winning. That, also that, but because the evil axis was tired also. They had fought for two to three years before us. So I'm not saying that what they did wasn't in, uh, unimaginable or like I I guess I'm with you when I try to wrap my head around what it takes to win a war. All the moving parts. Like, um, win a war and just, like, not even win, but just survive. Like, yeah. there, I, I know, I remember uh, there was a, 
alumni of my fraternity that had survived Pearl Harbor. What? He stormed Normandy. What? And he set foot in Berlin. Come on. Insane. Like, what? Like, you just, I don't know how you top that in life that you did all the, like, you survived. You missed all the right bullets. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. And and I certainly don't mean to undermine the accomplishments, but I think you're right that, I mean, a country doesn't value an, an individual's life in war, but an individual that's able to survive war, there's something crazy about that. Yeah. Just based off of what they had to go and through. And that's what makes me even more sad about how we, how the Vietnam vets were treated when they got back. Oh like, my God. I mean, well, that's... even World War II veterans weren't treated great either. Like that movie Flags of Our Fathers isn't great, but it does do a good job of showing like one of the guys that, you know, raised the flag, uh, you know, that, that famous Iwo Jima flag. One of those guys couldn't even get a job as like a, a like he got hired as like a janitor. Like he, he couldn't, um, they said he was underqualified to be a police officer when he got back home. Oh it's my like, goodness. Excuse, excuse me. This Underqualified? Man, yeah. So veterans need better treatment. So maybe uh, that's why Aragorn was a good king because he made sure that the veterans were taken well care of. I hope so. You know, you know he mean? did. Of he he, he was did. in the house of healing. Yeah. He was given free health care everywhere. <laughs> He's like, hey, listen, uh, I'm just going to... Just like, a- imagine Aragorn coming up to Eowyn. I'm so sorry your healthcare provider uh, hasn't come <laughs> back to us yet. So uh, we're going to need you to pack up and uh, either come back through the ER or you're going to have to pay out of pocket. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I know that you fought for this country. I know you <laughs> killed the most uh, uh, intimidating villain of all time, but uh, I'm not your primary care physician. I can't do anything right now. Jesus. Jesus. No, that is actually just upsetting. We, uh, all right, moving along. Cause I, I it's, it is, so, this, this whole system is just it's so bad. totally it's broke. So bad. It's so bad, dude. And we're not even the right people to talk about it, but even what you just said, you're more educated than I am. So let's, let's, okay. One hypothesis or one, um, what if question. Okay. What if, Aragorn wasn't part of the fellowship. What happens? They don't make it. Okay. <laughs> what if Aragorn goes to Mordor? That that's that's what I always wonder is that like it feels like it only only Sam and Frodo and Gollum could have snuck into Mordor and it's even like in their the circumstances that they got in, you know, Frodo was half poisoned, half paralyzed, and right. Sam managed to barely sneak in, and the only reason he got past the Tower of Kirith Ungol is because they all started killing each other. Like, the things just kept lining up. Right. But, man, if they had Strider with them, I, don't, I feel like anything's possible. Better hypothetical question. What does Aragorn do if he has the ring? I think he, he takes it to Mount Doom. You think I, that's he has the okay. That's to do the it? thing. I think if Aragorn is by himself, he makes it to Mount Doom and does that. But he is much more needed elsewhere, being a general, inspiring Theoden, uh, holding, you know, marching on the Black Gate, uh, summoning the army of the dead. Like he's needed elsewhere. Like his fate was tied his to doom. the ring. Yeah. Yeah, his fate was tied to the ring, but he wasn't the one that was supposed to throw it in Mount Doom because Sauron might have been destroyed, but the armies of orcs would have been out there. Yeah. The, you know, the Witch King probably would have taken over Gondor. You know, the Haradrim would have, like, trampled over everybody. Like, everything would have been still terrible, even with uh, Sauron defeated. So maybe, like... You know, Minas Tirith, everything's just like in flames and in ruin. And they're like, yay, we won. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you save, ultimately? So, exactly. yeah, that's interesting. I think that's a good point you bring up is what his role was, was to save Middle Earth. Not yeah, it to... would have, you know, speaking of community, 
like Aragorn would have been Donald Glover walking back into the apartment after destroying the <laughs> ring and like with the pizza and like everything's on fire and and Chevy Chase is dying and yes, stuff like yes, that. So. Yes, yes. And Chevy Chase is Gandalf in that situation. He I really just, is? I feel like he is. I think I think you're right. What uh what if if any could how if possible, how would you summarize your feelings about Aragorn? He's what you should aspire to be is like, I don't want to say as a man, because I think just like as a person, he's a very good person. But if you are looking for a masculine role model, he is the definition of healthy masculinity mm. because he does have plenty of manly masculine moments. The scene where he tells Frodo to run, which is a, a great scene in and of itself, like overcoming his past traumas, proving himself to be stronger than a sealed door, you know, like he's lived with this, like Isildur's bane, like I'm Isildur's heir, like mm -hmm. this, this same curse in me, the same weakness. And then in that moment, he proves himself that it's not. So right after that moment, which I'm sure is what like hyped him up, like I'm, I'm him. I've mm. got this. This is me. Oh, he wow. sees 80 Urukai, and he just takes his sword, nods to them and like, let's go. Like doesn't even he doesn't even stop walking forward it's not like he's like okay let me stretch like no he doesn't stretch he just doesn't he just turns around heads towards like it. like aragorn is not a chad mm -hmm. but that is a chad move <laughs> right there all right all right i can see that yeah no i think i think what you're saying is is having the balance of the divine feminine and the masculine chad Exactly. And then be be the best man that like, way. Like being masculine isn't a bad thing. Like, no. You just you just have to like find that healthy masculinity and that's what Aragorn has. Which is he also He knows exactly who he is. He's strong, he's brave, he's intuitive, he's resourceful, and he's loving and he's kind and he's understanding. And he's all patient, those things, he's not yeah, forceful. Nope. He's he's got like a like a tai chi about him kind of. He does. Like, you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And he's about that go life. But when it's time to mourn, like it's time to settle down and be calm and make the right decisions. Yeah, I love that. I th yeah, cuz that's what I would say too is in Aragorn, we have the best reason why mankind should be saved, which is a question they explore often in the books. Well, why are we fighting for them? It's not our fight. What's yeah. the point? And Aragorn's the example why. And Eowyn is the example why. Even Boromir is, you know, but also what we're, we're fallible, right? Yeah, the flaws of, of humanity, like, make us human. But also don't mean we necessarily need to be destroyed or, le yeah. or, or left to our own devices. Um, but Aragorn does exist as a human to aspire to, for sure. Why did you say that like an AI bot? Well, because you're like, because <laughs> you said, like, you know, he's a great example of a man and as a human. But you can also just mean it in the greater sense of the word of man, human. Yeah. man. So, or I'm trying out my AI voice. Have you seen those uh, those AI TikTokers like the? Oh, you mean like oh, the NPC? Scoop of ice cream, scoop of ice cream, like <laughs> ice cream, so good, ice cream, ice so, cream good. so good. Yeah. yeah, no, it's out of control. It's out of control. I mean, you know what? It's genius, is what it really is. I'm sorry if I can make a grand on TikTok saying ice cream so good. I, does that pay my rent? Does that it, feed my cat? Then I'm gonna do it. It's brilliant because it incentive it, it gamifies their tipping mechanism perfectly it was like it, it, it basically they figured out tiktok i don't have a feeling i i'm sorry i have a i have a feeling that that doesn't last past another six months no, i think people no, no, get no. really I, tired I'm so, i don't even think it's still here honestly i'm sure it's yeah. already gone or the most you know uh prolific I, person is successful yeah. no there's one, else. one guy there's one guy, he There's does a Miles Morales NPC, <gasps> and it's really good. You know, he does like, oh, thanks, I'm Spider-Man. You know, let me save New York. And he does it, it's the, it's the confidence of this kid. I tip my hat to him because he does it in public. And I don't mean like he does that in public cringe. I'm saying like 
I couldn't, like, I remember I used to make YouTube videos. I could never vlog in public. I could never, sure. like, talk to a camera. I can do this streaming stuff all day in my room. But even if my roommate's home, I'm like, uh, did I did I sound too excited right there? I don't, I don't know. Sure, but sure, he sure. Does his he does his NPC thing in public. Uh, my cat just turned off my computer. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Someone like yelled at him from across the street, like, oh, like, uh, don't embarrass yourself or something. This kid grabbed his phone and was like, what'd you say? And like, he's, he's saying words that I can't say. Yeah, no, you can't. Uh, I cannot say. But he was like, what'd you say? What'd you say? And he's like, try it again. Say it again. Like, just immediately just like went into fight or flight mode. And this kid was ready to fight. Oh. And I think if you watch, you can find the clip on TikTok. He's got like maybe a thousand people watching him. The next stream, he had like 15,000 people watching him all saying like, are you going to break character again? Are you going to break character? Because like he does like, oh, you like you want to go? You want to go? And he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And he walks back to his spot and then he goes, I'm Miles Morales. No. I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> just and doesn't miss a beat. It's the best thing ever. And I salute this kid so much. And I, I love him. I want all the success for him. But just like the and that. So. I'd be surprised if that kid wasn't still doing it. And that's the only NPC streamer that I want is this guy. Because you you think like, oh, I'm Miles Morales. I'm an NPC. Like, oh, no, no, don't try him because he's about that <laughs> life. <laughs> that is next level. I love that. Now everyone's going to be on that stream trying to break him. Kind of like the I think you should leave sketch where yeah. <laughs> you're trying to get him to talk. Uh, ben, like I said all, all the time towards the ends of our episodes, I... I always feel better after doing this. Um, you and I both got our own challenges going on in our life, but there's nothing like talking about a story that uh, makes you feel better or kind of gives you hope. And literally, Aragorn is the beacon of hope, is he not? That's who he is. And like, that's everyone... a big burden, too. Let's not forget that. It is. And it shows how someone can rise above like generational burdens, mm -hmm. obviously, like expectations. Uh, things that people want from you that maybe you don't think you have within yourself but you do and whether it, obviously none of us are going to become king of the world no um because we're not like uh funded by the big government and the liberal media no I'm I was just going to say the Koch brothers, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you can conquer your own, you know, Mount Doom every single day. And as as cheesy as that sounds, it's I, I've always said like since since the pandemic started and since I was like streaming and everything I was like there's no there's no such thing as small victories anymore there's only just like big wins because like oh it's a little a little you know you pat yourself on the back you congratulate yourself for doing what you accomplished and then you move on to the next thing yeah yep yeah no no like like and and Aragorn didn't do that either he continued yeah. fighting and fixing the world continued yeah, being Batman. It's easy, like, you know, for superheroes and for these fantasy things because their fights are actual fights. And so right. they're, like, easy to quantify of, like, if I won or lost. And it's hard, like, in day-to-day -day life of, like, oh, did I win that battle? Did I lose that battle? Like, or I won this one, but, you know, I woke up super depressed today, so did I really win? We all go through that. So it's tough to quantify certain things. But you got to take those those victories where you can, appreciate yourself for accomplishing that goal and then go accomplish the next one i love that i love that and he does show us how to accomplish the mental battle and the physical battle you're totally mm -hmm. right and and, and, it, and it, that's why gratitude's important right like okay i i woke up today if if you don't got anything else going for you if you can start there like i'm i'm alive today you can start building from that too another day we'll do a therapy uh, a, a jess ben post therapy session yes like what what we've learned um so like ben said at the top of the show we're coming towards the end of our fellowship uh main member left is sam and if you remember uh i have a hard time remembering him too but alex our old host of podcast Who? of the rings Who? i don't know i actually had a fugue moment um loves sam and i got some feelings about sam and both ben and uh, Alex are going to come for me. So we need to do it on a day where Alex is available. So in the interim, we are going to do Galadriel and Elrond next. Yes. We so, want to, I want to wait for, 
One, because we both love and miss Alex on this show. Um, and I miss him duct taped in my closet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to, like, I, I love, he- because I'm not a huge, like, I love, you know, I've read the books plenty of times. I've read the Silmarillion once and stuff like that. But I don't have that deep-rooted knowledge that Alex does. So I want to get that perspective from Sam. I, I want to hear what he has Sam's to say. Sam's so surface him. level, though. I don't know oh, that we need. You're <laughs> not starting this now. <laughs> He's the, he, he is the bad guy. All right. So, folks, you can get involved with us. Let us know what your thoughts on Aragorn are, or let us know what you think about Gandalf and Galadriel before we get into our episode. We might mention it. Thank you. Uh, Did I say Gandalf? Yeah, I was too busy shipping them. Uh, Let us know what you think. I know. (laughs) Let us know what you think about Elrond and Galadriel before we get to it. We might mention it on the show. You can uh, be our patron at patreon.com forward slash pot of the rings uh pot of the rings is also our handle for twitter and our instagram handle is podcast of the rings so just get involved man we want to hear get from you involved i want to hear from you. i just love feedback it's so fun it's the best and when our you know discord pops off with something dumb i said honestly i eat on that for days i oh, love i love when people get mad at something dumb i said because you know what it probably was dumb and i'll <laughs> never say i'll never stand here and go no i was right right um unless it's talking about sam anyway until next time ben may our paths meet again let's go